Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Ever, you know, that's what it looks like to take the fight to the enemy. Amen. All right. Amen. Come on, man. Every one of us have been born into a war zone. I don't know if you're recognizing this. All right. But, I, but, but, but I'm hoping we, you know, we're revealing this over the course of last week and this week. Every one of us have been born, have been born right into a war zone. And that right there, man, is what it looks like to take the fight right to the enemy. Amen. Come on, man. We ain't here to play games. We ain't here to play church. Amen. We ain't here to, how you doing? How are you? Right? We ain't here for none of that. All right. We're here to be the church standing in the power of his Holy Spirit upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the glory of God Almighty. Amen. Come on, this is what it looks like. Here's what I know about every one of you, man. Here's, here's what I know. Last week, we were given a picture of the war. And if you missed last week, you must go back and watch it. Pastor Justin painted a very deep picture of what this war that every one of us are born into looks like. A very deep picture. You need that picture to help you with today's picture. All right? He went very deep today. I want to make it a set war accessible for every man, woman, and child who would pursue Christ. All right? I want to make it a little bit more wide. I want to give you I want to give you a little more accessibility because here's what I know about every one of you here. Every one of you are a fighter. Every one of you are a fighter. You're all fighters. Here's what I know. Why, why do I say that? Because you had to fight to get here. All right? You have to fight to stay here. And if you leave here, you need to fight to get back here. And the here I'm talking about is not this building. All right? It is here in the presence of Christ, you know, on purpose, initiating, all right, our part of the relationship with Jesus Christ. It is that here that I am talking about. It is pursuing Jesus. That's the here I'm talking about. Because here's what I know. Here's what it's a fight, man. Because the enemy, man, his job, the enemy of your soul is working overtime to keep you away from God. The only God who is God, the only God who loves you, the only God who created you, the only God who is calling you to join him in his work of changing the world. And the enemy instead would rather you know, focus on getting your focus on yourself and the war. His focus is to get your focus to be all about you. Hmm. It got hot in here, man. Dang. Not even kidding. Praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His focus is to get your focus on yourself. So when, 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 even when it comes to changing the world, all right, when it comes to the idea of changing our culture, the idea of, of, of becoming more aware or getting smarter, the idea of strategically approaching, you know, this life and even our relationships, right? This whole idea of, uh, you know, of, 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 of working even against what we consider to be bad or what we consider to be evil, all right? The enemy would have you focus on yourself, man, because he wants to make it look like you can approach all that in your own strength, in your own reasoning, what do you need God for? You can give him a nod every once in a while. 
All right, but what do you need them for? That's the enemy's focus. I mean, you're pretty good at this. You got care, you got passion. You see, but we know that it's not enough. Or there's something else that is taking place that is beyond our sight. Or if, if, if there wasn't something else, if it was all dependent on our strength, we would have this thing figured out a long time ago, right? Anybody got that? Anybody figured this thing out yet? Because we didn't come to your house. If so. Right, we had this thing figured out a long time ago. So there's something more to this fight than we can humanly see, amen? Second Corinthians says it like this. He says, Paul says in the book of Second, uh, chapter 10, verse three, he says this. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, all right, we're walking around in the flesh. What's up? Right, I don't have a, we're walking in the flesh. Our war, our fight is not according to the flesh. You know, the enemy would have you think it is, and it's dependent on you. Our war, our fight is not according to the flesh. He says the weapons of our warfare, they're not of the flesh, all right? But they have divine power to destroy strongholds, all right? These different strongholds that the enemy uses to capture our attention, all right? Addiction, abuse, all right? Hate, self-centeredness, all right? Pride, accomplishment. He uses, you know, these, these, these strongholds that the enemy would just wrap us up in thinking it's all about us and it's a good dang thing we're here because this place would be jacked if it wasn't for me. That's what the enemy wants you to think. Right? I love what Pastor Justin said last week. I don't know if you guys caught this. He spent a lot of time on it, but I think this was huge. He says, the enemy will slowly, I put it up there, will slowly, systematically, methodically carve his name into your affections so that, so that in your desires and in your thoughts until his ways are what seem to be true to you and God becomes the liar. That's what he does. The enemy ain't no joke. All right, it just ain't no joke. So how do you fight that? How do you fight that? How do you put, how do you contend with that? In Christ, with Christ, and from Christ. In Christ, with Christ and from Christ. This is a war. And like every war requires warriors to fight it. The problem is that, that not many Christians consider themselves a warrior or a fighter, all right? And I wonder why. All right, I wonder why. I think it's because I don't know. When I used to go to church, I used to go to some of these churches, man, and people wonder, how you doing, brother? They grab those three fingers. You ever have somebody shake your hand like that? They grab the three, look, how you doing, brother? Let go of me, man. Give me your hand. All right? That freaks me out. I'm not how you doing, brother. All right? I wonder why we have a hard time considering ourselves warriors or fighters. Let me ask you this. When you think of a warrior or fighter for Christ, what do you picture? What is your mind's eye? Where does it take you as you think of a warrior or fighter for Christ? I'm going to help you out here, man, because I was searching on the internet, all right? And, uh, and let me just kind of help you out. I put in warrior for Christ. Here's what comes up. Boom. Check this out. Boom. All right. Pow. All right. Yeah. We got this salvation. We got this righteousness. We got faith. We got the word. We got truth. All this 
stuff, all right? Looks pretty dang good, right? Another picture was this one, check this out. This guy here, look at him. He's got a cross on his chest. He's got a cross on his face. He's got a cross on his head. He's got a cross on a flag behind him and he beat down everybody. How many of you guys got a flag? Anybody got a flag? flag with the cross. Nobody's got a flag. Okay, anyways, what about this guy right here? This guy don't even care where he's going. Look, he's got a, he's got a, he got, his bandana fell over his eyes. He's still going to, you know what I mean? I just hope the mailman don't get in the way, you know what I mean? Because he's just going. All right, but this is what we look at. I mean, I want to challenge this. I don't have big problems with this. All right, but, but wait a second. How do we approach that? How do we, how do we look like that? I mean, is that accessible for everyone you know what I mean? How do we pull those things off? I want to take you someplace, man. Here's what I believe. True warriors engaged in this fight. True fighters look like, check this out. Boom. That's a warrior. That's a soldier. That's a fighter. All right? They're running to the hurt. Check this out. They're not running away from the hurt. They run to the hurt. They run to the pain. They're not afraid of the hurt. They're not afraid of the pain. And because they're equipped in Christ, all right, chaos doesn't make them run the other way. All right? And they're in the fight together. Check this out. They're in the fight together. All right? They're not just standing alone. It's just not them by themselves. They're gathering together. They even bring their families with them. Boom. They're even bringing their families. This is warriors for Christ. This is soldiers for the Lord. This is men and women in the fight. Check it out. It even goes deeper, right? What about these guys? We forget about these fighters. We forget about these warriors. Your, your, your greatest accomplishment in this world, on this planet, might not be what you do, but it might just be who and what you raise. Amen. Warriors, fighters, soldiers for Christ. I know that you can fight like this. I know that you can fight like this. We cannot, we have to be very, very careful with over-sensationalizing this fight, but we cannot underestimate it either. There's a fight, man, and you're a fighter or you wouldn't even be here right now, right? And though this fight isn't actually dependent on you, it involves you because it is over you. This fight is a fight over you, over your soul, over those that you love, over the souls of those you love. There is a fight just raging. And if you don't know you're in the fight, you are probably losing it. So what's your position in this fight? Where do you stand? What is your position in the fight? How are you equipped to fight? And what does it look like to engage in this fight? I am so glad you asked those questions. I'm just going to talk about that. So glad. All right, what, what is your position in this fight? All right, what, 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 what does it look like to, you know, what am I equipped with to fight? And, 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 and what does it look like to engage in this fight? My position, my equipment, and my engagement. What does that even look like? We're going to check that out. So, Father, we just give you the praise, Lord God, and we give you the honor, and we give you all the glory. And, Lord God, we are praying in the name of Christ, Lord God, that you would just, in this little short time that we have together, Lord God, be glorified in our life. Christ Jesus be lifted up over all things, Lord God, for your glory. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. What is your position? Your position in this fight, your position is in Christ. Number one, your position is in Christ. All right, Pastor Justin shared Ephesians chapter. We're, in, we're closing out the book of Ephesians today. All right, and last week he, uh, he, he shared Ephesians chapter 10 through 13, I think it was, or 10, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12. All right, and he painted an ma- amazing picture of, of, of the spiritual depth of this war. All right, but, but I want to go back to verse 10 because I have to remind us that, that without this verse right here, the rest of, of everything else is, is worthless. Without understanding that your position is in Christ, everything else is worthless. You see, our greatest, look, look what he says here. Finally, be strong in, say in, in. the Lord. And in, say in, in, the strength of his might. Finally, be strong. He's just got through sharing this amazing letter to the Ephesians of instruction and encouragement and leadership, all right? Sharing all these, these wild mysteries of, of Christ and, and, and the church and, and, and even in this, in, this, in this unseen realm. And then got very, very practical in his teachings as, as he started talking about our relationships with one another and how we're to build up the church and strengthen the church and how we're to walk in an individual but actual, but also corporal and unified manner, all right? And then he comes to this point and he says, finally, man. Be strong in the Lord because all this is going to require strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Our greatest mistake, all right, in in approaching any of this is that we need to be strong in ourselves and in the strength of our might. That is the, 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 the beginning of failure, all right? Pride comes before a fall, the word says, and there's a different kind of strength I want to tell you about, and it's the strength to even come to Jesus, are you, you know what kind of strength it, it took to actually even approach Christ. Are you strong enough to approach him? Are you strong enough to surrender this fight to Jesus and therefore fight from Jesus and, not, and quit trying to fight for Jesus? Because you can't fight for Jesus. I never met. I never met a lion. All right? I never met a lion. I never seen a lion that needed somebody to fight for him. You ever see a lion that says, "You know, can you fight this fight for me?" Never. I never met a lion. I never met a lion that. I just figured out that. <laughs> but he tells us to be strong in the Lord, and to allow His strength to activate and empower me to give up the things that keep me from coming to him daily. Allow his strength to activate and empower me to give up those things in my life that that, that keep me from coming to him daily, momently, momentarily, moment to moment. This is a life of total dependence on Christ. And it begins, he begins with a removal of those things that I allowed in me to keep me from positioning myself in him. Let me illustrate that. Anybody here ever start baking something in, you know, baking something and all of a sudden the smoke alarm goes off? <laughs> 
Anybody have that happen to me? Am I the only one? Okay, a few of you need to clean your oven. Okay, yes. All right. So <laughs> I, for the last couple of months, Debbie and I would be baking something, especially over Christmas. We're baking all this stuff. Dang smoke alarms going off. And instead of cleaning the oven, you get the towel. You're like, ah, and you're trying to get it away from the smoke alarm. Open the doors, open the windows. And finally, she says, why don't you just clean the oven? And I'm like, that's probably a good idea. All right, so I just need to clean the oven. And so I went and bought the oven cleaner, that power in a yellow can is just insane, all right? Because there's this stuff in the oven that just is not going anywhere. All it does is burn and smoke. And, I, and I'm thinking, okay, so I got these yellow cans and, and I opened up the oven and I'm gonna go and spray it in. I said, wait a second, there's some stuff in there. And I'm realizing that, that, that there's, there's leftover stuff in there. There's food in there, man, that is just continually being, being cooked for about a year now, all right? It's like, I'm, to, I'm done, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm finding some food. I'm, I, this looks like it was a vegetable at one time. This looks like maybe it was a piece of meat. It looks like a cinder block now, all right? And, you know, and I found a catcher's mitt and some canning oil. I was like, this is just crazy. What's inside this? And I pulled it out, and I started to realize, man, that 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 uh, we all we're very very aware of what was coming out of, was what was coming out of out of the uh, out of the oven, but we weren't really aware of what was staying in it. <laughs> you understand? We knew what we put in it, we knew what we pulled out, but we weren't quite aware of what was staying in it. It's just like, you know, you and I, we, we, we know what's going in. A lot of times we are aware of it. Sometimes we're not quite aware of it. It just happens because we're being inundated day by day. These things, these ideas that are going in. And we can see what comes out. A lot of those times we need to repent of these things that are coming out. Stuff that is coming out. But we're not really aware of what's staying in. And it requires that deep cleaning of allowing Christ to continually deep clean that out because all we see is smoke and alarms are going off and we're like, oh man, how did that happen? Well, there's some junk still inside that the, that the Lord needs to, well, you need to allow him to pull out. And this is why he says to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I took that off. It's easy off. Okay. It's a shameless plug for easy off. Maybe they'll send us some money. All right. I took this stuff and this stuff was on the side of the oven and it wasn't going anywhere. I took this stuff. It said, heat your oven to 200 degrees. All right. And then spray this in there. Turn the oven off, spray this in there. All right. And I did, and I thought, this is not going to work. Let's close it for a little while. Go, you know, have a cup of coffee and chill out for a little bit and then come back ready to work. And I'm ready to scrub. And I was amazed. <laughs> this is really a shameless plug. And how I just took a wet rag and it just came right off. And it didn't take my strength. It required me to initiate this, 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 this wiping of this junk off but the power of the easy off, this is stupid, all right, right, really cleaned out the oven, all right, to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, amen, I'm going to give you a t-shirt that says easy off, now what, all right, inside out, man, all right, praise the Lord, all right, that's what he says, you know, I knew what was coming out, I just didn't know what we were, what was staying in, all right, when we choose to be strong in the Lord, his first work is to do a work in us, and so our position is secured in Christ, because when I have all this junk in me, it is hard for me to remain in Christ, because there's things that don't match, you understand, and smoke alarm keeps going off. Number two, what am I equipped with? Well, you're equipped with Jesus Christ. 
Now, I'm gonna talk about a very familiar subject right now. And so many times it goes all over the place. And rightly so. And, and, and countless books have been written on the armor of God. Countless, one book has, it was a book of 776 pages on just, on just those 11 verses, 14 verses, I forget how many it is, on the armor of God and this fight. Now, I'm not gonna cover all those things. I'm not gonna go there with that. And some of you, I'm not, probably not gonna go where some of you are expecting me to go or really want me to go when talking about the armor of God. However, I do wanna challenge you to read and, and, and to study what this armor looks like. I don't have enough time to go over that with you. All right? But, and so true, so, but, but, but when you do read these things and when you do study this, I wanna challenge you with what I'm about to teach you, to put this up front, to put this, let this be your filter when reading these verses, when reading different books about the armor of God. What I wanna give you right now, when it talks about being equipped with Christ, I want, I want, you, I want this to be your filter when reading these things, and you'll see why. Look at Ephesians chapter six, verse 13. Therefore, because of this fight, I skipped a few verses. It's the verses that Pastor Justin led, led through last week, the war, that depth of this war, amazing picture he painted. And because of that war, therefore take up the whole, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, remain standing. Stand firm. Don't run. Don't back down. Don't flinch. Recognize you're equipped. Verse 14 says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. Here's what I want to challenge you. Here's the filter I want you to go with. Jesus is the equipment, all right? Jesus is the equipment. Jesus is the armor, all right? He is the armor. It is his armor. Without Jesus today, there is no armor. You understand what I'm saying? Without him, there is no armor. It says, put on the belt of truth. Guess what? Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no greater truth than Jesus Christ. And so if you're gonna strap on, the very first thing you put on is the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen? All right? And so you are standing in the truth, the truth of Christ, the truth in Christ, his truth is the foundation foundation for all truth. And so you fasten on the truth, capital T, truth, Jesus Christ. Amen? And he shares, and, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, all right, to cover my heart, all right, my affections, all right, my desires, all right, that are leading me forward to cover my heart. I need a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. There is no righteousness apart from Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? He is the one who makes us righteous. He is the one who gives us righteousness. He is the one who says, this is my righteousness. So any righteousness that I have is it's not on my own strength, it's on him, amen? All right, so stand, therefore, having put on the belt of truth, Jesus, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, a right relationship with God through Jesus, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. You are made ready to fight, all right, by that which already won the fight, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He one. Amen. He won. And so I am ready to fight because I am fighting not for victory, but from victory. Amen. 
There's still a fight to fight. And guess what? I'm not fighting to win the victory because he's already won the victory. I'm fighting from that victory. The devil is a liar, amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And because of those three pieces of armor that we're made aware of, we turn a huge corner with this armor because of the truth of Jesus Christ. And the truth is Jesus Christ because of his righteousness that makes us right with God. Because of the gospel, Jesus Christ, who came, who died, who was buried, rose again, and is God and his Lord of lords and King of kings and almighty. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can, in verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. The faith, our faith, do you recognize our faith in the gospel is the... (laughs) Is, 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 is the greatest enemy to the enemy. Our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest enemy to the enemy. You say, well, isn't the gospel of Jesus Christ the greatest enemy to the enemy? He's already lost that battle. All right? So now his new fight is for you not to submit to that gospel. Our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ the death, the burial, the resurrection. He is Lord and I am not. Our faith, he is risen. Three days later, he is alive. Our faith in that gospel is the greatest enemy in this present time to the enemy. And that is how our faith shields us from from, from when he tries to capture my affections, when he tries to capture my my desires, or create new desires. How do I handle that? I remind myself of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do I raise that shield of faith? I remind myself of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I preach the gospel to myself. I preach it to myself. And there's a struggle with my marriage. I preach the gospel to myself. If there's a struggle with my children, I preach the gospel to myself. If I have a struggle with one of you, I preach the gospel to myself first because it's his fight. Amen? And he already won. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. My mind seems to be how the enemy often tries to sabotage my fight. This this helmet of salvation is so important. It's so essential because our mind is what gets us tripping. Our heart wants to remain. Our mind says, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I got a better idea. I don't think you do. So the question, I believe, needs to be in conjunction with the sword of the spirit, the word of God, how do I arrange my mind? I love this story by uh, Joyce Myers. She has a book called How to Age Without Growing Old. <laughs> Pretty intriguing title. <laughs> um, but in it, there's a, there's a story of a little lady named Mrs. Jones, and she's, she's 90-something years old. 
And every morning she's up by eight o'clock in the morning, man, and, and she's putting on her makeup and she's doing her hair and she's cleaning her, her stuff. And, and she does a really good job considering she's legally blind. Well, at around 90-something years old, she lost her husband of 70 years. And because of all the circumstances, I had to go to a nursing home, which didn't seem to phase her much because as she's sitting there with her walker waiting for her room, the attendant says, hey, coming down, all right, now Mrs. Jones, your room is ready. And she got very, very excited. She got real happy. And, and as the attendant came down, the, the, the nurse came down and gathered it up. She got her walker and she started walking towards the elevator. And the nurse says, yes, they just finished it. They just arranged it quite nice. Uh, and she started explaining the, uh, the room and even to the point of the, to the curtains and the little eyelet rings that are holding the curtains on makes them easy to slide. And while they're in the elevator, Ms. Jones says, I love it. I love it. I love it. She was with the excitement of a little girl. She says, you know, just got a brand new puppy. I love it. I just love it. And, and the nurse was like, well, well, what do you mean? You haven't even seen it yet. How can you love it? You know, she was kind of going with her on it. But how can you love it? You haven't even seen it yet. And here, here's her reply. And I'm going to quote her directly. She said, that doesn't have anything to do with it. She said, happiness is something you decide on ahead of time. Whether I like the room or not doesn't depend on how the furniture is arranged. It's how I arrange my mind that matters. I've already decided that I love it. It's a decision I make, you see. Every morning when I wake up, I have a choice, she says. I could spend the day recounting the difficulty I have with the parts of my body that doesn't work or I can get out of bed and be thankful for the ones that do. That's what this little lady said. And here's what I know. Whether, whether you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ or not doesn't change the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It either draws you closer to Jesus or drives you further away from it. Either salvation is covering you from head to toe or it's not. He says, I take up the helmet of salvation. This is a daily thing, how I arrange my mind in my relationship with my God. And that requires taking up, all right, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And this, this is, you see, this, 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 Armor so often has been just referred to as something that you mechanically, you know, put on and, you know, you're mechanically doing this and, all right, and, you know, putting this on and here we go and all that stuff. And, and that's not what it is. This requires a life of prayer, a praying life. This is what it requires. You see, when you, when you get to the sword of the spirit, you have to recognize that we need to be praying in the word all right, we need to be praying with the word and we need to be praying from the word. We need to be, when we open up the word, you need to be praying. You actually need to pray yourself to the word, all right? And then you pray yourself in the word and when you're reading, you're praying with the word and when, you, when, you're, when you're getting walking into your day, you're praying from the word. This is how we arrange our minds with the word of God. You see, because our position is in Christ. And in this fight, we are equipped 
with Christ. All right? We're in Christ and we're with Christ, which leads us to finally recognize that our fight, because we have to engage sometime, right? Our fight is from Christ. And it's probably not what you think a lot of times. Because look how he explains this. Praying at all times in the spirit. Praying at all times as God leads you to pray. Praying at all times with all prayer and all supplication. This idea of supplication just reminds us that sometimes when we're praying, we just might not be desperate enough. We just might not be desperate enough. Too many of us leave our prayers to our grandmothers and our grandfathers when in fact it needs to be handed down to you and to your children and their children. We need to have a fight in our prayers. That's taking the fight to the enemy. When you're asking God to fill me up, Lord, you're asking God to, 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 to allow you to go into the fight with him. He doesn't fill you up so you can just be full with God. Hey, what are you doing? I don't know, I'm pretty full of God. Just chilling, full of God. Don't ask me to do nothing, I'm just full. You know what I mean? That's not what it is. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, and to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This is an all-the-time prayer. Prayer is the greater work. You recognize this? Our conversation with, with God is the greater word. We, we don't pray. So many times we think we're praying into emptiness, in the air of emptiness. But if you know the truth of this message, all right, you know that we don't pray into the emptiness of the air because the air is not empty. The air, if we understand what we're being taught here, the air, if you recognize what Pastor Justin pre preached to you last week, you'll recognize the air is not empty. There's stuff all around us, man, and there's temptation all around us. And there's, I remember somebody's well, you know, pastor, his kid was telling him, Dad, you know, Dad, is there such thing as ghosts? You know, horrible ghosts. He says, No, man, there's no such thing as ghosts. I don't worry about ghosts, but there are demons, and they want to tear you to pieces. They hate your guts. But don't worry, you can't see them. <laughs> yeah, that was helpful. <laughs> right? There's stuff all around us. And the world needs us to be a praying church, but a praying church requires praying people, and praying people remind, re requires you to be a praying person. You see, most people pray because they, we need to pray, or we need something, we want something, or we're afraid of something. That's when you see most time people activating prayer. What about somebody else's needs? What about somebody else's desires? What about somebody else's fear? We need to be standing in the, in, in the gap for them as well. There's a world of people we don't even know that need us to be praying in this fight. And you're like, man, what's the stake, man, if I'm not a praying person? Let me challenge you with a thought here because here's what at stake. Check this out. This is a huge thing right here. Until we understand prayer is essential in our relationship with Christ, we will never really have a relationship with Christ. How many people do you have a relationship with you don't talk to? Anybody? It's essential. It's a requirement. Prayer puts you in the fight. It takes the fight to the enemy. 
It equips you for the fight, right? You, 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 you are positioned in Christ through prayer. You're equipped with Christ through prayer. How do you put this armor on? It is through prayer. It is through humble submission to Almighty God. I could tell you all kinds of wild stories about you know, uh, you know literal demonic attacks and physical you know, uh, demonic presences that, that, that Debbie and I have, have, have encountered over the years. And I could tell you about you know, how you know, I was surrounded by angels and watched as the Lord put his armor on me before, right before we started this church. I could tell you all these wild stories of, of of great things, but, but, but let me just kind of bring it right down to, 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 to right here and make it accessible for you. Prayer, all right, is essential, all right, for you to be in Christ. A desire to be, and what does that prayer look like? God, I just want to be in you. Keep praying that. Prayer is essential for you to be equipped with Christ. What does that prayer look like? Father, equip me so that I can fight alongside you. This is very simple. And prayer takes you to the fight. When you sing a song like, fill me up, Lord, you're taking fight to the enemy. Prayer puts you in the fight. To close out these last verses of Ephesians as we end this series. In verse 19, he says, Paul says also, you know what I mean? Pray, pray. pray. He, says, he said, you know what I mean? Also for me, pray also for me, basically is what he's saying that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Prayer not only puts you in the fight, but he puts you in the fight alongside others because we aren't called to fight alone. We're called to be the church who's unified and in this fight together. He says, so that also you may know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, Tychicus, all right, the brother, the beloved brother and the faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. I've sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that, and then how, and that he may encourage your hearts. You see, what's that all about? Well, it's very simple. Paul didn't have a cell phone, all right? He couldn't call these guys. He didn't have email. He didn't have instant messenger, all right? Might have had a pigeon or two, but probably didn't count on them very much. So he sent this guy. Why? So he can let you know how he's doing, how you can be praying for him so that he can find out how to be praying for you so we can communicate as the body of Christ. Today, we have cell phones. We have email. We have instant messenger. We have vehicles that can drive us to somebody's house and we can see how they're doing in this fight. And we can... Take them in prayer to this fight to be positioned in Christ, to be equipped with Christ, all right, and to engage in this fight from Christ, to fight from Christ. And we can do that with them. When's the last time you called somebody? Who needs your phone call right now? Who needs you to check on them? Who needs you to be praying for them? And do they know that you know they need your prayers? Do they know who are you praying for right now? And do they know that you're praying for them? This is important. And finally, he says, peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. With love 
incorruptible. I want to leave you with this right here. As we're closing out this book and we're getting ready to go into an insane journey through the book of Luke starting next week. It's going to be pretty awesome. I want you to think about this. Right now in your life, what is the most visible fight that you're having to fight in your life right now? What is the most visible fight that you, the most important visible fight, maybe, that you're fighting right now? Now, I'm talking about a fight that you're not willing to give up. I'm even talking about a fight that maybe you're willing to die fighting for. Some people will say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll die for my wife or I'll, I'll die for my husband or I'll die for my kids. I have some friends that, you know what, I will, fight, I will die fighting for them. Some of you might say, oh, I'll die for Jesus Christ. This fight that I'm fighting, I'll die for Christ. Well, I have a question for you. If you know you'll die for any of those above or whatever it is, are you willing to live for them? Are you willing to live for them? I have so many people say, I'll die for my kids. Okay, are you willing to live for your kids? Die for Christ. I'm willing to, are you willing to die for Christ? Are we willing to live for Christ? Here's what I want to leave you with. If you know what you'll die for, if you know what it is you'll die for, then you'll know what you need to stand and fight for. And if you want to fight to win, position yourself in Christ. Be equipped with Christ and fight from Christ. Amen? So check it out. Next week, we're starting Luke. Come and check that out. All right, it's going to be an amazing time. All right, and it is going to be a long haul, but you're going to, there's, it's crazy all the way along is there's a lot of different stuff taking place. Also, um, next week, we're starting The Way. And so go on social media, check it out. Go on your QR code, find out what The Way is. It's going to be a pretty amazing thing. We've opened it up for all the church. Last year, we spent a year getting all the leaders through it. Now it's your turn to get engaged in The Way. Learn what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, to be a discipler of Jesus Christ, who makes disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord.